The following case contains descriptions of physical abuse, sexual abuse, violence, and extremely disturbing descriptions, all against a minor. This episode is going to be extremely graphic. If you're not comfortable with any of those details listed, please listen to one of our other episodes, and we hope you join us for our next episode coming out on December 16th. Welcome to episode 43 of CGIC Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. I hope all of our American listeners enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Anyway, just a little warning, we will only have two new regular episodes this month because we are taking a holiday break for the second half of the month because we're tired. We're very tired. (laughs) Not of the podcast, just life in general. It's been exhausting. Junior year is a struggle. It's hell. It's terrible. I... Yeah. I should not have listened to the person, people that told me to do the IB diploma program. Nope. It better get me into college. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) The fact that there are so many people that ended up, like, not getting the IB diploma a few years in a row. Yeah. Like, they can just decide after all the hard work that you don't get it. (laughs) No. Anyway, junior year's kicking our ass, so we're taking a holiday break. Yeah. But we still love you guys. Yeah. So we're going to have another episode, full-length episode this month, and then we will, of course, have our bonus content coming out. So if you want to, if you're going to really miss us that much, you can subscribe to our Patreon for bonus episodes. You get all of the ones that, like, we'd already mm-hmm. made. Plus and there's some funny ones. ones on there, yeah. I will say. Because sometimes we're funny. You know, like, after this episode, which is going to be just wow, um, you should go listen to some of our other ones. We have some really good ones on there. Yeah. Lighten the mood a bit. A little bit. Just a bit. (laughs) So, let's get started with the episode. Um, Today, we'll actually be covering a murder case that was recommended by a listener. Um, This case was requested by a listener named Olivia, so thank you for your recommendation, Olivia. Thank you! Um, This is a disturbing case. It is very disturbing. (laughs) Um, So, I guess, thank you for finding an interesting case for us. Yeah, um, let's just say I was doing research for this during school, and I think people thought I was insane. Like, more so than normal. More so than normal, yeah. Because <laughs> every time I do research in class, I get scared that someone's reading over my shoulder. <laughs> but we will be covering the murder of Sylvia Likens today. Um, this is really, really dark. I don't know if you guys noticed, we, like, had to change our freaking trigger warning, which has yeah, never happened before. Never, and we've, ca- we've covered some dark shit. Some stuff, yeah. That one with that murderer guy, the serial killer, that we're never, never doing a serial killer again. Dude, that took so long to research for that I case. Know. So, we've never had to change our trigger warning, so if that's, like, any sign to you guys, this is just going to be a really dark case, and as interesting as it is, it's also really sad, really dark, really just disturbing in general. Yeah. Um, like, we had to take pauses while doing research for this. It's just very, very dark. It's the first case I've ever researched that, like, I mean, it, like, really deeply disturbed me. So... If you really think this might bother you, we'll try to give warnings throughout if something's going to be really graphic right beforehand, but um, if you think that, like, things are going to trigger you easily, I recommend just not listening to this one and tuning in in a couple weeks for our next new episode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, <laughs> with all that deep, dark stuff, um, let's get started with some background! <laughs> Yay! Yay! We're, like, scared to do this. No, we're literally terrified. I don't know if you've never listened to any of our other episodes, and this is an interesting one to start with, but usually we're pretty good at, like, taking some of the 
we really try hard to not make cases super super dark when it's appropriate to you know what I mean yeah we we take the like not too serious parts and try to make light of things just because as sad as it is it's important when people are trying to learn about these cases that it's not so dark and disturbing we can't do that today at all so we're gonna do our best to add like maybe one or two things in the beginning where it's kind of appropriate still but if you, you know, appreciate our terrible humor, this episode's not for you. No, it's really not. So, yeah. yeah. Let's just get started with some background. Um, Sylvia Marie Likens was born on January 3rd, uh, 1948 in Lebanon, Indiana, which is about half an hour outside of Indianapolis. She was the third of five children in her family. I think it was pretty popular at the time in that Midwestern area to have a mm-hmm. lot of kids in the family. Yeah. Um, as picked up on by the other family mentioned this is case that is literally based on <laughs> nothing else except for that. You know, um, inferences. Inferences. So her siblings included older twins, Daniel and Deanna, who were two years older than Sylvia, and younger twins, Ben and Jenny, who were one year younger. What? Yeah. Isn't that weird to be born between two twins? That's really weird. That, like, scared me. Yeah, that's weird. Um, her parents were Lester Cecil Likens and Elizabeth Betty Francis. These they, names. Yeah, I know. They have some very extra names. Um, they were both carnival workers, so they moved really often. What did they do in the carnival? I'm not really sure. Not, clowns? <laughs> yeah, I think they, I, I don't know. They could have been like lion tamers and stuff. I don't know. Tiger King. Uh, I've never been to a carnival. I have, but I'm terrified of clowns so mm-hmm. yeah i've never been to the, like a fun house the idea of a fun house really scares me like the freak show and stuff yeah all, all that stuff i bet i could be in a freak show <laughs> i can do some like weird stuff with my shoulders <laughs> anyways <laughs> why, why would that be like the thing you're like oh yeah i can do some weird stuff with my shoulders okay did you ever watch that show that was like a series of unfortunate events no well there's a freak show and one of the guys is ambidextrous and that was like his whole thing why that's not that cool yeah i know i don't know Okay, anyway, they're both carnival workers, so they moved really frequently, and Sylvia had some family issues growing up, kind of partially as a result of this, but also unrelated. Um, Her younger sister, Jenny, had polio, which resulted in her having a really pronounced limp and a steel brace on her leg. This caused, like, some extra financial struggle on the family, who was already struggling a lot with money Mm -hmm. because of inconsistent work, and her medical issues really only added more things for them to pay to pay for. Mm-hmm. So in an effort to provide supplemental money, the family would often sell concessions at carnival stands like in the summer. Like, I guess if, regu- I don't know, if their regular carnival thing didn't work out, they would like work in the concession stand. I'm not really sure. But when jobs arose, the parents would relocate to wherever this carnival was and they'd usually bring their sons with them and leave Jenny and Sylvia with relatives, like specifically their grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, Sylvia was described as being the super friendly and outgoing girl. She babysat and ran errands for neighbors to just help provide some extra money for her family. Uh, she had a lot of friends, and they even gave her the nickname Cookie. Aww. Yeah, I don't understand what that means, but um, I guess because she's so sweet. Like I don't know why that sounds like you sound like a southern grandmother. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, she loved the Beatles and music in general. Um, she was also a really nice sister who would often take Jenny to the skating rink and help her skate. That's so cute! Because she couldn't walk very well, so that she'd help her, like, skate around and stuff. I thought that was so sweet. 
So she was just like the super nice girl, very outgoing. But despite being very confident, she actually never smiled with her mouth open because she had a missing front tooth. Interesting, interesting detail. Yeah, she was playing like a game with her brothers when she was younger and like a tooth got knocked out. Uh, well, she's was, a very pretty girl. She is very pretty. I thought it like, it just stood out to me because, you know, she was very confident, but she never smiled with her teeth. Aww. Yeah. Okay, so here's where it gets dark. Yep. So I'm going to start with a timeline. So the summer of 1965. Is that a song? No, 1969. Never mind. At this time, Sylvia is 16 years old, and the entire family is living together in Indianapolis. But by July 3rd of 1965, Sylvia's mom was actually arrested and jailed for shoplifting, and this caused her father to decide to board Jenny and Sylvia at home at someone else's house. So while attending the Arsenal Technical High School, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Um, the girls became friends with two sisters, with two other sisters named Paula and Stephanie Banisuski. Banisuski. Banisuski, I think. Banisuski. And their mother Gertrude offered to house Sylvia and Jenny for a weekly boarding fee. We don't like Gertrude. We don't like Gertrude, but also Gertrude's a terrible name. Yeah, it is a really horrible name. Anyways. At the time, they believed that Gertrude was a really respectable woman, especially since she had seven children of her own. Seven. Yeah, I assume Midwestern families at this time just had big families because of Cray cray. And before we get into the abuse of Sylvia, let's just talk a little bit about Gertrude's past and why she ended up so the way she was. So she was actually born into a super poor family in 1929, and she was in the third of six children. So her father actually passed away from a heart attack when she was 10 and she witnessed him die, which is really traumatizing and horrible. Mm -hmm. And when she was 16, she actually dropped out of high school to get married to a man named John, who is two years older than her. And they had six children together, but the marriage eventually ended because John was really abusive towards her. And it was unclear if he was abusive towards their children as well, but from sources I just found that he was abusive towards her. So she escaped, and she married another man named Dennis, and they had a child, but unfortunately he was also really abusive towards her. And, I mean, she was just really stuck in one abusive relationship after the other, leaving her, like, really spiteful and angry and depressed. I mean, that makes sense. And the way that, like, she thought to meet ends meet was accommodating children around the neighborhood when their parents left town for a fee, which is, like, first off, how do you come up with that? Hmm. It's like a hotel. It's like, do you remember that movie, Hotel for Dogs? I was just about to say that. Are you serious? <laughs> I was literally, I was about to say it, but I was trying to think of what's-her-face who was in it. Like, I couldn't think of her name. Selena Gomez? She was not in that. It was Emma, the one that's related to... Emma Roberts. Is that a person? Uh, yeah. Emma Roberts. That yeah. is a person. <laughs> um, so she actually kept the children that she was boarding in her already too small and run-down house that was, like, chaotic because of her seven children. So, anyway, shortly after the agreement was made... The girls, as in Sylvia and Jenny, moved into the house at 3850 East New York Street in Indiana. And their dad and later their mom moved to the East Coast for a carnival due to the fact that they needed to take the job since carnival work was inconsistent and they didn't get enough money to begin with. And they also, I'm assuming, took their two brothers. So they promised to send $20 weekly for boarding fees and said that they would pick up the girls that November. And, I mean, the first few weeks in the house, or not even the first, the first few days of the week, 
uh, the first few days at the house passed with little issue. So Sylvia would hang out with Stephanie and her sister Jenny, and she participated in household chores. She regularly attended Sunday school with the family. But the main issue that they began to face was the fact that they weren't really being fed enough to sustain them. This was kind of the first sign of abuse that started to come through. So a typical day of food for them would consist of two pieces of toast in the morning, no lunch, and like a small bowl of soup for dinner. Which is like nothing. Which is absolutely nothing. That's like not even a meal as it like as a whole. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is where we really get detailed into the abuse and really how bad it got. So just a warning. So after about the first week, the bad side of Gertrude really began to show. So she had a really bad tamp a tamper temper, which slowly became more and more apparent. So right right at the week mark after the girls had arrived, Gertrude took them to a room upstairs and beat them really, really badly. And she claimed that this was because she was taking care of them for quote unquote nothing. And she was screaming at them and just from like from what I read, it seemed like it was, like, really, really bad. And when, in fact, she was still receiving the $20 that she was promised, but she just really resented their presence in the small house, even though, like, she was the one who offered the services, mm-hmm. right? So the beatings actually started to become worse when the payment was not received on time for their care on some weeks. So she was beating the girls so badly that there came a time when her hands hurt from hitting them so profusely. So instead, she started to hit the girls with a wooden paddle, which left permanent scarring on Sylvia's um, buttocks and her back, and, like, I'm assuming really bad wounds if it scarred so badly. So it, like, the abuse immediately started to become more and more targeted towards Sylvia due to the fact that Jenny was disabled from polio in her youth, leaving the abuse against Jenny to be purely, like, psychological so she was basically forced to watch her sister be brutally beat on a daily basis so Gertrude then began involving her children as well as the kids from the neighborhood and she would basically be like oh come over to my house because you need to do this because Sylvia quote-unquote stole candy when that was not true but also why would that that still doesn't warrant the horrible behavior that they did against the poor girl no whatsoever like stealing candy that's like I just like I can't fathom that um so eventually Sylvia told Gertrude that she had once had a boyfriend and this was like I think probably I don't know how it came up but she did and this like enraged Gertrude and made her believe that Sylvia was pregnant and that she was a prostitute Yeah, I don't know. This is, like, a theme that happens throughout this entire case. She would, like, assume something because of something else. So she was making bad inferences. She was making horrible inferences and then, like, taking it out on Sylvia, even though a lot of them were, like, totally unsubstantiated. And it's just, like, I this is so weird to me. The fact that she was, like, oh, because of this, I assume this. Yeah, that's really It's, like, strange. her and her mind warranting the violence against this poor girl by, like, convincing herself that she was way worse than she actually was, right? So weird. So that, like, this led Gertrude to kick her in the genitals and into the stomach, like, like, over and over and over again, really hard, and she was wearing heels. It's terrible. So, like, 
horrible. And, I mean, the kids, the neighborhood kids as well as her kids would often laugh and push Sylvia down the stairs repeatedly. They began burning her with cigarettes. They began, like, overall the kids became more and more involved. They would cut her arms, cut her fingers, do all this horrible stuff. And at one point, Paula, who was one of Gertrude's children, ended up becoming so enraged when beating Sylvia at one point that she broke her hand. Oh my god. But that's not even the worst part. After getting the cast, which at this point was plaster, so it's really heavy, she would hit her in the face and the head repeatedly with it. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck, Paula? Also, horrible name. Gertrude. Yeah, seriously. Oh god. Uh, yeah. So, I'm gonna talk more about the abuse, because I guess Izzy selectively chose for me to talk about the really, really gruesome stuff. She's making a face right now, because she knows that's what she did. <laughs> I... I wrote it down. Okay. So, the abuse was beyond physical, and once they began to hit her more and more, and they just kept getting more and more people involved, the abuse took, like, a really even, like, darker turn. So, at one point, Gertrude force-fed Sylvia a hot dog, like, covered in condiments. And after eating it, Sylvia threw up, and then she made her eat it again. Ugh. Which is, like, really disgusting. And horrible. They started force-feeding her feces, urine, and, like, other contents of baby diapers. Which, like, it's so beyond disgusting, and I don't know where they even, like... Came up with that. Came up with this. This is so dark and disgusting. Like, you have to be such a horrible person to do this to someone. Yeah. For no reason. For no... Okay, so this next thing I'm about to say is, like, really big sexual abuse, so if that's gonna trigger you, I just get the head a little bit, maybe. I don't don't know why you're still listening. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not to judge, but this is real dark. Um, so one of the most cruel things they actually did to her ever, which is, like, you know, saying something, they've done a lot of bad stuff, Mm -hmm. they told her to strip down naked and insert a glass Coca-Cola bottle into her vagina in the living room in front of everyone. Oh my god. Yeah. They would cut her arms and hands, burn her, treat her like a dummy to practice karate on. Um, eventually they began forcing Jenny to even be involved, and they would make her be her own sister, and said that if she didn't, she would, like, suffer the same fate. The Jesus! Yeah. That's, like, psychological torture right there. I know. The, be- the beatings became so regular and violent that Sylvia became incontinent, meaning that she, like, couldn't control urine or defecation. And because the other kids would not allow her to use the restroom, she lived in, like, a constant fear, and... She, like, would have accidents because of all this stress, and also she was not used to use the bathroom. And this would just make Gertrude only more, like, angry and mad and, like, led her to believe that Sylvia was a whore, which I don't really understand that either. Again, one of those things where she's, like... <sighs> yeah, um, and so the abuse just kept getting worse and worse. Eventually, Gertrude put Sylvia, like, into this basement and pulled her out of school. Like, she was locked in a basement now. She couldn't even go to school. And a punishment that Gertrude began practicing regularly was taking Sylvia to the bathroom, putting her into the tub, and burning her skin with scalding water, and then rubbing salt into the burned flesh. Like, seriously, I don't know what, like, how do you even come up with this? Like, I just, I, oh my god. Like, oh my god. They were rubbing salt in the wound, literally. Literally. They were using her as a punching bag, literally. Oh my god. I just, like... 
what amount like what psychological it's awful like what part of the brain has to be messed up for a whole family to do this i know it's awful oh my god sylvia was like now locked in this basement naked and on the brink of starvation and occasionally she would be brought upstairs just to be beaten or forced to like dance in front of the other children and if she didn't she'd be punished Jenny and Sylvia had no way to contact their parents to tell them about the situation. And if they told anybody about, else about the abuse, they were, like, concerned about getting faced with just more abuse. <sighs> um, by October, things had really started to escalate, which is, again, saying something that yeah. this is now, like, another point of escalation. So, in the bed that Jenny and Sylvia had shared on the floor, Sylvia, like, wet the bed one night. And in a rage, Gertrude heated a needle, and once it was piping hot to the point where it, like, was red, she scratched the words into Sylvia's abdomen, I'm a prostitute, and I am proud of it. Halfway through, Gertrude got, like, a neighborhood kid to finish it, and then threw her back in the basement. Oh! Right, like, what? She's just such a terrible human being. And how, like, all these kids, like, why are they doing this? Why? Like, what what are they... They know it's wrong. They know it's don't wrong. Tell me they and don't they know, know that this girl is probably in so much pain. Like this case is like one of those things where if I saw this in a movie, I would be like there's no way that's real. Yeah. Like that's unbelievable. There's no way. It's just like it's one thing after the like, it's the next. constant and it gets so much worse is the like I just ugh. So Gertrude started to get kind of worried about getting caught. Just, I guess, she she was reaching a point where it was starting to affect her conscience. Um, And she forced Sylvia to write a letter that dictated, like, indicating that she had, like, wanted to run away. She planned to give it to her parents or law enforcement so that she could dump Sylvia in the woods and just, like, leave her there to die alone. And when Sylvia discovered the plan, she had attempted to run away. Her injuries were just too severe, and she ended up being caught by Gertrude. She was then beaten so badly by Gertrude and her husband that she was barely still, like, alive. Oh, my God. And when Sylvia made her last attempt to escape the basement, Gertrude stood on top of her with both feet, causing her brain to hemorrhage and her eventual death. <sighs> okay, everybody take yeah. a deep breath. <sighs> okay. So, uh, this is where it gets less... It's still heavy. It's but now heavy. you see what happened to these people afterwards, so... Which makes you feel a little bit better. A little bit better. So, following her death, Gertrude actually attempted to, quote, wake her up by beating her corpse with a book and calling her a faker. What a lovely motherly figure. Jesus! I... I... Oh, my God. So, she ended up panicking and told one of her kids to call the cops and the police arrived at about 6 30 p.m and gertrude led them to the body which she had posed with like she posed sylvia with a letter the one that she had been forced to write before her death but let me just say this woman is so psychotic that she was like oh yeah i'm gonna call the cops because they're not gonna catch me yeah, no, she, like, literally, she had this whole plan, and she gave her, the, like, had her write this letter, so it was in her handwriting, and had her hold it, and then she called the cops. Like, <sighs> like I just... She really thought she was not about to get caught? Like, really? So, the, um, her body had actually been covered in rubbing alcohol in an attempt to, quote, aid her wounds, which... Basically, it was just to cover up what happened, but... Yeah, like, take away any yeah. forensic evidence, 
And Gertrude actually made up a story about how she, how Sylvia had run away with a bunch of boys that afternoon and returned with the note. So one of the daughters, Paula, was actually seen. That's a funny story because oftentimes when people run away, they don't return. They don't return, especially with the note. Yeah, what? That makes no sense. And I just, oh my God. So one of her daughters, Paula, was actually seen holding a Bible and insisting that Sylvia's death was meant to happen. Paula is one crazy bitch. She's a crazy fuck. She's a crazy bitch. She is, I, I, this woman. And there's more about this girl that's just uncomprehensible. Anyways, she's then quoted saying, quote, If you want to live with us, Jenny, we'll treat you like our own sister. This is to Sylvia's sister, by the way. Like what? Like, nah. Well, you're not going to be living outside of jail anytime soon, so. Yeah. Anyways, before the police could leave, Jenny, barely able to walk and probably, like, so freaked out, went over to the officer and whispered in his ear, Get me out of here, and I'll tell you the whole story. So, they got her out, and she told them everything that had taken place in the house from the moment that they had arrived. So, when, of course, like, Gertrude was questioned, she first insisted that it was the kids, specifically Coy and Paula. Coy was a neighbor, by the way. Yeah. He was, I think he was the one who actually carved the thing into her stomach. And... They, she said that they carried out the abuse, but, I mean, little by little, she started confessing to the crimes, like a lot of criminals do. Yeah. And five other neighborhood children who had participated in Likens' abuse, Michael Monroe, Randy Lepper, Darlene McGuire, Judy Duke, and Anna Siso? Sicko? Sisko? Sicko? Yeah, Sicko were arrested for causing injury to a minor, but released and became witnesses for the trial. <laughs> okay. I hate when that happens, honestly. Don't, I hate when people Like, they don't deserve away. a plea deal, no, okay? No, for what they did. No! They had a hand in her death. Like, that's just, I can't believe Literally. that. So, Gertrude, along with Paula, John, who are the two oldest kids, and two neighbors, Coy and Richard, were charged with having repeatedly struck beaten, kicked, and otherwise inflicting a culmination of fatal injuries to Sylvia Likens with premeditated malice. And Stephanie testified against him in the trial. Even though she was a part of the abuse. Like, she got out of it, which kind of... Like... She was just as guilty, in my opinion. She was. And overall, all of them were sentenced either the maximum sentence available at the time for their age or close to it. And mainly because the judge was just so, like, horrified of, like, what he was being presented with. They're in Indiana. Like, this is unprecedented at this point. At least it hadn't been, like, such a widespread case. So, some of the kids were also able to be granted a, quote, normal life as they completed, after they completed their sentences. Or, like, some of them, they didn't have sentences. So, many of them are still alive today, living under the radar with totally different names, places to live, and people just don't know about all the horrible shit they did. There was, like, an incident, like, I don't know, it was, like, in the last, like, 10 It was Paula. Years. Was it Paula? Yeah. So, one of the girls, I didn't realize it was Paula, geez, that's scary. Yeah. So, one of them was, like, outed, basically, out, they were, they were like, a teacher's aide at a school. She was a special needs teacher's aide. Yeah, and they found out that she was involved in the case. I didn't realize it was Paula, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I was one of the ones that was, like... No, and they just gave her a different last name. No, it was Paula. Yeah, 
And she, like, lost her job, and it was, like, a big news story because they found out it was her. And she was, like, that thing about her hitting Sylvia until it broke her hand, I... What about the thing with the Bible? The like, Danny, the... come live with us. Like, the fuck? No. Like, Paula, fuck you. I, that's why, like, witness protection scares me. Witness protection? How do I not really know that I'm, like, me. living among a, like... A serial killer. Like... Or someone who, like, ate a serial killer. Or, like, you know they do witness protection for, like, kids who did really bad crimes? Yeah. Or, like, if their parents did really bad crimes? Uh-huh. Like, that's Creepy. so scary. Like, kids that helped their parents in crimes. Like, obviously, if they were, like, really little, it's probably, like, fine. But still, that's scary. They're, like, connection to a case. It's so, like, I How just... How do I not know I'm living among someone that's, like, literally, like, a In bold. witness protection. Yeah. Like, princess protection program who? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Oh, that was a good movie. That was a good movie. No, witness protection scares the shit out of me. And just the fact that, like, most of these people are, like, out and about. Yeah. Probably have some growing children somewhere. Yeah, no. I mean, they're kind of old at this point, I think, but still, they're just out and about. (sighs) I Gertrude has to be dead, though. She would be too old now. No, she's too old and too... She was, like, already looked half dead when she was alive, so... (laughs) But those kids, they're all out there somewhere. And they, they probably all have children and grandchildren. Dude, can you imagine being <sighs> born to one of them? Like, that's not your fault. Like, what if you find out that, that was, like, your grandparent? That's so scary. That's like, so scary. that was, like, their deathbed confession. That's so scary. That's so scary. I'm sorry if I just created another fear for some of y'all. Oh, God, that's so scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uncomfortable laughing. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. This has been a case. There was, like, a really long and dark and intense court case. We're not going to go into all the details of that because that would take forever Mm -hmm. but it's important to know everyone got the charges that were deemed appropriate at the time i don't know yeah i unfortunately you can't life in prison doesn't actually mean life in prison it just means like 35 years or something i would not i would not have witness protected these people no no i don't know why they got that that's not fair to anyone but yeah this was the murder of sylvia likens um tune in on the 16th for another case that will not be this dark we promise yep we will try and find something that's more patricia maheen-esque yeah um follow us on instagram at tgic.podcast and we will talk to you in two weeks bye